The mistake that I see a lot of people make is that they pursue happiness at the expense of joy. And joy, we define it in the book as the internal gladness inspired by hope, purpose, and delight. Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. The Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive and to think of things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, and excellent. But flipping the script on negative thoughts can feel impossible in a world of constant stressors and negative news. Neil Samudre's life's work is devoted to joy. In his research on joy as the author and founder of EnjoyCo, he's found that happiness is based on external factors— But joy is based on internal factors, a.k.a. your thoughts and beliefs. Therefore, to live a life of joy, or as Neil likes to say, starts from joy, you need to recognize the negative thought loops and scripts that play in your head. In this episode, Neil and I chat about how we can take negative thoughts captive, what negative loops are, and how you can disrupt your negative thoughts and beliefs so you can start approaching everything in life from a place of joy. His high energy and passion for joy will leave you with a smile and a plan to create a life of joy of your own. Hey, Neil, thank you so much for being on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thanks for having me, Erica. Yeah, it is an absolute delight to have a fellow joy seeker and joy enthusiast on the podcast. Yes, there needs to be more of us in the world, right? (laughs) Yes, and that's, that's what we're trying to do, right? You and your wife, Carly, recently released a book called Start From Joy, Trade Shame, Guilt, and Fear for Lasting Change, a Lighter Spirit, and a More Fulfilling Life. So a huge congrats on that. I absolutely love that title. Yes, thank you so much. You know, we are personally fond of the book ourselves, no bias, but we think it's like the best book ever. (laughs) It is a very, very good book. And I was telling you that before we started recording, I really mean that. I was, I'm going to go back, you know, I was prepping for the podcast, but I'm going to go back and read it as Erica Dvorak, just me, Erica Dvorak, and not Faith and Gather, Faith Inspired Podcast, Erica Dvorak. So I can really like dive in deeper because there's so many good, good nuggets in there. And there's a lot to unpack in your book. So it was really hard to pick like a specific topic. And so I just really went with what hits home for me right now. And that's really managing your emotions and those negative loops, as you say, and the scripts in your head. Because as I'm starting to research, I'm really looking into this whole mindset, like physical mind and like thoughts connection. And it's so incredible how it's just so connected. And really, when you now read the scriptures, when you have that and you put that together, like how connected they are, the scriptures in the Bible really come to life just even more powerfully about like how to really protect your mind and the things that you think of. But before we dive into that, like that 
such good goodness. Um, I would love it if you would share a quick snapshot of who Neil is, really the overview of the book, and then maybe a little bit about your company and Joyco. Yes. So my name is Neil Samudre. I am the CEO and co-founder of an emotional health and wellness company called Enjoyco. And what we do is therapy, coaching, and corporate wellness to help people enjoy their lives again. We're based in Tennessee, and so that's where all of our therapy clients are. We have a team of therapists who are just joy-filled therapists. And yeah, you know, we live right outside Nashville, Tennessee. Carly and I, my wife, you know, she's the other co-founder. We founded this company together, and we're also co-authors of the book. We have a son named Jude, who is 21 months old now, which is just nuts. He's getting so old. And then we have a dog, and so I don't need to talk much about the dog, but he's a dog. <laughs> but you have I love how you mentioned him. It's very important. That's very nice. I usually leave out my dog, so... Good for you, Neil. <laughs> uh, some uh, it doesn't happen every time. I don't mention him all the time, but yes. <laughs> if you guys decide to have another kid, I want to say you probably won't ever mention him. Then <laughs> it's yep. like the kids replace the dog. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. <laughs> so in the book, you state happiness is based on circumstance, and joy is internal. So it's not something that we experience from external. Joy is really something internal. So if joy is internal, that leads me to think that's something that we control, like our thoughts and our reactions. And we're honestly in a world of just constant stressors and chaos and negativity. And so naturally, our thoughts, or at least maybe it's just me, my thoughts go in this this, this negativity, as you say, like loop. How can we start to take our negative thoughts captive, as your book says, and then also as the Bible says? Yes, love that question. Well, first off, so I just wanted to affirm what you said. You know, happiness is based on circumstances, and the circumstances are all those things outside of us that we cannot control. And the mistake that I see a lot of people make is that they pursue happiness at the expense of joy. And joy, we define it in the book as the internal gladness inspired by hope, purpose, and delight. Whenever we hear or see joy talked about in the Bible, it's kind of tied to one of those three things. Hope, which is that belief that things will turn out for good in the end. Purpose is being attached to a bigger story than ourselves, right? That's what the biblical narrative is all about. And then delight is simply about savoring, gratitude, having fun, pleasure, Right. So anytime you see joy in scripture is kind of tied to these three things. And we define joy as coalescing uh, these three things into an internal gladness. So you're absolutely right. It is something that we can control. And a lot of people, what they make the mistake about is they pursue happiness and they believe that they cannot have joy or they cannot be fulfilled or happy unless our circumstances line up. But we can't control our circumstances. You know what we can control? How we respond to our circumstances. And that's where joy comes in. So in the book, we talk about starting from joy, which really just means uh, in anything you go about in your life, 
in trying to change those circumstances and any positive change endeavor, doing it from a place of joy rather than shame, guilt, and fear. And so with joy, one of the ways to cultivate that joy is changing how we respond to our circumstances, which is taking those thoughts captive. And so now that was context to answer your question. (laughs) How do we take negative thoughts captive? Well, the first step is always awareness, right? The problem that a lot of people have is that they assume their thoughts are facts. They assume their thoughts are reality, but really our thoughts are our interpretation of what's going on. They're not facts. They're just how we're reading the circumstances, how we're reading the stressor, right? And so we actually have to clarify this narrative in our heads. We have to clarify, okay, what are our thoughts saying? What is the actual negative thought? And a lot of people, again, skip over this awareness piece and don't call attention to the negative thought because they believe their thoughts are facts. And it's not just an interpretation. It's not just uh, something you can learn from. It's just something that you can't question, right? And the danger to that whenever you accept a thought as fact is that it creates an instant emotion, thoughts create emotions, and then that emotion inspires some sort of action that is either leading us closer to the life we want or further away from the life we want. So when we take our negative thoughts as facts, it usually results in some knee-jerk emotion of shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, etc. And then the action we usually take from those emotions is away from the life we want and also away from the life that God really has in store for us, right? So the first step really is calling attention to that negative thought. And I think this is what the Bible means when it says take thoughts captive. To take something captive is to take it within your hold, to take it within your grasp, and to call attention to and clarify, have awareness around the negative thoughts. That's how we actually take the thought captive. Now, there is more work to be done once you take the thought captive, because it's not enough to just be aware of the negative thought. Then you have to question and challenge it. You have to see it as, okay, is this actually true? Is this just an interpretation of what's going on? What is true? And that's where the Word of God really helps us. And having a discerning spirit really helps us. Because once you take a thought captive and you kind of separate yourself from it, saying, okay, this is an interpretation of what's going on. What does the Bible say? How can I approach this thought with a discerning spirit? And what is the fruit of this new thought? Right? Because if thoughts produce emotions, you know, if we took what the Bible said as truth, then what sort of emotion would it produce? And if I had to answer that, it would be joy, it would be peace, steadiness, confidence, boldness, right? This is how we can start to take those negative thoughts captive and then actually add some truth into those narratives. That's so good. So, so good. 
And that leads me to the next question about, you know, we're taking the thoughts captive, but there's certain thoughts that just continue to come and you call them negative loops. And I fall victim to this and I'm saying victim (laughs) kind of lightly, but I really do daily, constantly. I have just specific negative loops that I have going through my head in certain situations and I do try to take them captive, but then they just come back, I feel like, just all the time. And in your book talks about this a little bit. And as I'm researching and learning more, it's because we've created like these pathways. And so we need to change those and rewire those. So first off, like what are negative loops? And then how do you actually combat them and make sure that, you know, you start creating this new pathway for these new thoughts, you know, once you continue to take it captive, that you can have these new thoughts instead of these negative loops, as you say, running through your mind. Absolutely. So in the book, we call these negativity loops. And negativity loops are the emotional patterns that produce stress and shame, guilt, fear in our lives. But they're patterns that we're stuck in. Like you said, they're the loops. And really, What makes up a negativity loop is four things. It's a stressor, which is that circumstance that causes subsequent stress, right? Thoughts, which then create emotions, which then create what we call protection responses, which are how we try to keep ourselves safe from those negative emotions. We try to protect ourselves. Uh, And there are patterns that really start with the thought piece, right? Because you can't change stressors. Stressors can surprise you at any moment, you know, you could be walking outside and you see a dog and that could cause you stress. You know, you have no control over that. But again, you have control over your thoughts. So typically where this pattern begins, the negativity loop, it starts with that thought, how you're interpreting the stressor. And so did you say you wanted some examples of that? I would love that. I know in the book, and I don't know if you could think of it at the top of your your head, but in the book, you had mentioned like specific type of examples and like those loops of what they are. It was just a big aha moment for me, honestly, because reading through some of them, I was like, oh my goodness, that's me. You know, it was like I could see I could see myself on the page. So I don't know if you have the book or if it's in in your mind, but yeah, just specific examples if you can of what they may be because for me, you know, you can read it and you can think, okay, I have negative loops. But then when you actually read the way you have it written in the book, you just see how interconnected everything it is and how you and I hate to say it this way, but you're kind of sabotaging yourself with your thinking yep. and it just yep. is like right in front of your face. So it was a major aha moment for me. <laughs> yeah, so I have the book pulled in front of me. I'm just going to pull some examples from the book. You know, uh, one client we had, they struggled with their finances. So the stressor uh, is a big bill. And then the thought that follows that stressor, remember the thoughts, how you interpret the event, their thought was, I can't stick to my budget. And then it caused the emotion of fear because they fear that they can't stick to their budget. But then protection responses, Yeah, this is where the sabotage piece comes in because protection responses are how are the actions you take to protect yourself when you brush up against hard emotions. And so this client, they felt that fear, but you know what makes them feel better? 
overspending, shopping. <laughs> Which for me and Matt Hubby, if you're listening, close your ears. <laughs> but this is how I react in some of those situations when we feel like a little tight financially. I'm like, why do I feel that's exactly what I do. I feel like, oh, I can't spend money on that. But then I go and like buy something that I shouldn't that's unnecessary for my children and it makes me feel better or something. So it was literally one of those was the aha moment. That one specifically was like, yep, okay, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So see how it's a loop? It contributes to the stressor then. Mm-hmm. And so how we talk about it in the book is that this loop, this pattern keeps repeating itself. And over time, it gets stronger and stronger, kind of like a habit. The more you repeat it, the stronger that habit becomes. And so this pattern, this pathway becomes cemented in our brain. We have told ourselves or conditioned ourselves that the way to stop fear in this example is to go shopping which then sabotages our long-term goal. So here's another example from one of our clients. They felt stress about going to the gym, right? They felt like they had to go to the gym, but then their thought was, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here, which then gave them this emotion of shame because they were telling themselves that they didn't belong somewhere. It was a feeling of shame. I'm not good enough. But then the protection response to make them feel better from that shame is actually isolating. So withdrawing. And then what happens is then they're actually not engaging in healthy movement. They're not going to the gym because they go to the gym. They feel like they don't belong there. They feel shame and then they leave. But then the stressor of going to the gym just gets stronger, right? Because they're what they're doing is they're providing evidence for that negative thought that they don't belong there. It's just further cementing that belief. So how do you break that then? You know, because like I said, I, I fall victim to that, to the financial one and just many others like that. How do you actually break that negative loop? Because it's one thing to say it and like to have that aha moment for myself to be like, oh my goodness, that's me. I totally do that. But how, when the next time I get stressed out about finances or something else, like how do I not sabotage myself and make things worse for myself? How do I actually break that cycle? Yes. So that thought piece you have to realize once you map it out on a negativity loop, once you have it in front of you and you're aware, okay, this is the negative thought, you got to stop that negative thought, right? But you have to realize that thought didn't come out of nowhere. The reason you're interpreting your stressor through that lens is because of your context, your aggregated experience growing up, right? You are approaching uh, that stressor through a lens that has been formed through years of experience. And so how our mind works is that our mind creates mental shortcuts or beliefs, standards, scripts that are pretty much like, this is right, this is wrong, right? And it creates these beliefs from our experiences growing up. And so in the book, we talk about false scripts. And false scripts, this is a huge concept. We do this with 
ton of our therapy clients in Enjoyco. But a false grip is your belief about what will make you happy or where your happiness and joy will come from. But it's a false script. And so growing up, we create these beliefs based on what we've learned from our family, what we've learned from social groups, what we learned from media, what we have even learned from our trauma, right? We take these and turn them into scripts. But then our scripts tell us that, for instance, you'll be happy when you lose weight. You'll be happy once you get out of debt. You'll be happy once you get that job promotion. You'll be happy once you're in a committed relationship. You'll be happy when, right? Like, if I get this thing, then I will be happy. And that's how our brain is making these mental shortcuts. You know, our brain pursues pleasure and avoids pain. And so in order to optimize pursuing pleasure, it creates simple scripts, which are false false scripts. But this is actually where our negative thoughts start to come from. Let me think back to one of the examples that I gave. I can't stick to my budget. That probably stems from a false script that was informed by parents growing up. Parents probably never stuck to budgets growing up. And that was kind of like the definition of fun, right? And so your thought is kind of stemming from a standard. Like you're comparing yourself, you're judging yourself based on a standard, which is the false script. But that's where the emotional charge comes from with our thoughts. So the reason you feel shame for not belonging in a gym is because you probably have the false script that you'll only be happy once you are physically healthy or like once you go to the gym five times a week. So once you are aware of your negative thought, you actually have to ask yourself, what is the belief that's underneath this thought about where I'll find happiness? You know, this is the reason why people don't quote unquote start from joy, why people put joy off into the future is because false scripts tell us that we cannot have joy now. Joy will come at the other side of changing our life. And so it pushes joy out into the future, right? It pushes the finish line out. But the thing is, we can have joy today because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And we all have the Spirit inside of us, right? We have to nurture that. We can't quench the spirit, as the Bible talks about. We have to learn how to tap into that joy. And part of that work is becoming conscious of the beliefs that are forming our thoughts. You see, the difference between thoughts and beliefs are thoughts are those one-off interpretations to events, but beliefs are repeated thoughts. So the more times you repeat a thought, the more it becomes a belief. So it goes back to being able to control what you can control. Yeah. Which is capturing those thoughts and really changing those beliefs, changing those negative scripts. It sounds a lot like diving in deep 
And a lot of you mentioned that our brain is wired to avoid pain. And I think that goes back to, you know, the good old, old days where we had to run away from lions and tigers and bears and (laughs) really protect ourselves. But our body is doing the same thing as it was back then now, but it's doing it in our today issues and problems um, where it doesn't necessarily need to do it that way. And so we have to train our brain to operate differently because we're not running away from lions, tigers, and bears. So we thank you for protecting us, but we don't need to be (laughs) as protected. Going back to like that financial piece, and then we're talking about the gym piece, you know, that there are, you know, three protection responses, which were the binging, avoidance, and rage. And so your brain is trying to protect you. So it then, you know, creates this binging process, this avoidance process, or like this rage process to really like protect yourself from it. And then breaking the patterns, you mentioned that it's creating, so having these negative loops, you really actually have to establish one boundaries. And then two, just have attention, as you mentioned, like be aware of it and then reconnection with it, which I thought was just so interesting that they were all connected, that binging, avoidance, and rage you know, you can then flip that negative script by establishing the boundaries, having attention to it, and then reconnecting to new thoughts or whatever it may be, really understanding where that thought pattern was coming from. Yeah, we we call those wise actions because the binging, avoidance, and rage response, those are the three types of protection responses, how you can protect yourself from hard emotions. Those are knee-jerk reactions. For instance, let's say you have a huge workload and your thought is, I need to get this done right now, which then creates fear and anxiety, which then probably promotes overworking, which is a binge response. It's anything that is over something. Uh, So you overwork, you don't work on the right stuff, so it doesn't really do much to reduce your workload and the pattern just repeats. Well, the wise action, how you would stop that is you would first pause with your fear and anxiety, feel the motion before jumping into some knee-jerk reaction, and then consider, okay, what is the wise action I can take here for myself? I'm feeling this fear and anxiety about my workload. What's the wise next step? And usually for binging responses, the wise next step is boundaries, to add some constraints to what you're doing. And so for this person, they're probably working a ton and that fear and anxiety is telling them, hey, you need to stop. You need to rest. You need to slow down. That's how you stop this loop. But then how you break the loop is going back to the thoughts piece, starting to challenge the beliefs that are creating those negative thoughts that are sending you on this cycle. And as Christians, I think it's just such um, an honor that we're able to use scripture to do that. We not only can just capture our thoughts, you know, with new, beautiful, positive thoughts, but we can really pull in scripture and start tackling them. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And bringing in some truth, which is amazing and the best way to fend off Satan because it's like, no way, man, I've got it. And I know how I'm going to you know, make this happen and just quit that negative loop and continue to just throw some scripture at it. Absolutely. I feel like spiritual health and emotional health are so tied together. Yes. 
Like the closer you are with God and the more in tune you are with the spirit, it's just going to result in fruits of peace, joy, confidence, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's all tied together. Yeah, like you had mentioned, you know, the overworking, that was another one of those aha moments was, you know, I fall prey occasionally to being a little anxious about the things that I have on my plate. And then all of a sudden I find myself getting in this overworking and then burnout stage. And then when I'm able to actually pause and grab that and hold it captive, I have that time where I can be like, okay, what is the actual truth here? You know, what am I feeling? What are my fears? What are my anxiety? And then throw some truth at it and just know that I can trust the Lord and that he's going to be able to get things done that need to get done. And then whatever I can do in my time, I will get done and he'll move the rest. He'll make things happen. So it's just really cool that I can combat that negative loop in my head and that craziness to binge with, you know, that trusting in the Lord and he's going to get things done, which then brings joy and peace and, you know, all those wonderful fruits of the spirit. Love it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. Like I said, I absolutely love your book and I listened to the podcast and I just catch you with your newsletter and just everything that you and Carly are doing over at Enjoy Co. So I know the listeners are going to want to grab a copy of your book and then also connect with you. So if you could let us know where to connect with you and work with you either through your new services. I know you have like Enjoy Co Plus and some other offerings. Let us know about that and where we can connect. Yeah, so you can find us online at enjoycowellness.com. If you live in the state of Tennessee, we can see you for therapy if you want to meet with one of our therapists. But if not, you know, we have services like Enjoyco Plus, which is our online platform where we do uh, emotional health workshops and trainings. And then the book is called Start From Joy. You can find it wherever books are sold. You can also find it on amazon.com. Awesome. Fantastic. So one more question for you, and I'm going to love to hear this from you. I ask it out of all my guests, but since we have just a heart and passion for joy, I can't wait to hear what you say. But I want to know what brought you joy today. Oh, man. Other than this interview? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually a hard question for me to answer, even though I am the joy guy. It's a hard question for me to answer because I feel like I'm living in a state of joy where I woke up this morning and even though I didn't get much sleep last night because some weird thing, (laughs) I don't know what it was. You know how you have random nights where it's like, oh, last night was a little rough sleep. I don't know why. Yep. Even though I had a little rough sleep last night, I woke up with a ton of joy and I had a bunch of meetings today, but... They were all just super joyful. (laughs) And so I have a hard time of answering like, what brought me joy? Because I'm in this kind of season of my life where everything is joy. You know, I will say this. This morning, every morning I have a journaling routine. And this morning I was really journaling and reflecting on how grateful I was for Uh, Valentine's Day, you know, Valentine's Day at the time of this recording, Valentine's Day was just yesterday. And I was just very grateful for that. You know, I look at my wife and my son, and I think that I truly am the luckiest man in the world. 
And so I feel like that reflecting on that gratitude brought me a lot of joy. Mm, That's wonderful. I love that. And I also love that you just can't pinpoint, I mean, other than that journaling moment, but you can't pinpoint it because you are living just a life of joy. And that's just a testament of what you and Carly have created over these last few years. I don't know if it's even been a decade. I can't remember in your book, but it's been it's been a journey for you guys to create this life of joy. And so you're you're a true testimony that what you have put in the book really does work because you're living it out. So listeners, ladies, go grab the book, get connected to Neil, get connected to Carly and enjoy co and just start living that life of joy. So Neil, thank you so much for being on. Just really appreciate you appreciate your heart and all that you are doing for people to live a life of joy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Neil is a living testimony of what a life of joy looks like. His enthusiasm was the same with me on and off the mic, and I have to believe it's because he puts into practice the very things we chatted about. So I encourage you to grab a copy of Start From Joy, dig into your negative loops and scripts, and create a plan with scriptural support that starts chipping away at the old negative loops and scripts and forms new life-giving ones in return. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other ladies you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.